Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Welcome, Ephraimites, and shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show on Tuesday, December the 20th, 2022. And today, well, we have a show for you that I have never ministered this on Blog Talk Radio. Nope, I never have. But first, a word from our announcer. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and we have an awesome show for you today. As I said, never been done on this blog radio. But first, I have a few announcements. I want to remind all of you that it is Hanukkah. Yes, it is Hanukkah, and uh, we've been lighting the candles each evening, and I want to I want to wish all of you a blessed Hanukkah season, this season of lights. And also, I want to remind you that we do have quarterly coming up January 13th, 14th, and 15th. If you are planning to attend and have not registered, I want to remind you to do that. And be sure sure and do that so we know how much food to prepare for that quarterly. I know right now you're thinking about Hanukkah, you're thinking about the holidays and family, but just, just sit down, shoot me an email, and say, hey, you know what? We're coming. We're coming. And that way I, that way we'll know. All right? I appreciate it. I want to thank all of you that have registered. I appreciate that. And uh, uh, thank you very much for that. We are going to have an awesome quarterly. Yes, God is going to be there to meet your needs. You come expecting, expecting God to do that for you, expecting him to minister to you, and I guarantee you that if you come expecting, he will deliver. Yes, he will. He will deliver. Check out our itinerary page on 
Jewish Prophet, www.jewishprophet on our website. And uh, I also want to remind all of you that we have Sabbath Fellowship available on YouTube, Prophet Mark Reinbold on Friday nights. We have a Wednesday evening streaming that's available on our YouTube channel, and that channel is Jewish Prophet. And uh, we have Blog Talk Radio, of course, on this station here is the late Prophet Deckard and myself. We have our other station that has Prophet Gary Burpee and Prophet Greg Burpee on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. We are all ministering Prophet Deckard's materials. If you are interested, email us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll send you a spreadsheet with all the time, the phone numbers, the links, everything you need to know that you can participate. Well, as I said, today I'm going to minister something I've never ministered on this blog station, and it's called Persecution Comes for the Word's Sake. How many of you have attended a quarterly and the prophet would have ministered something, or, or even the most recent quarterly, this quarter, past quarterly, you know, and, and you were ministered to about the mercy of God. You were ministered to about God separating us. And, and God dealt with you in a very personal way and, and in a personal matter. And, and yet, before you even got home, Satan came to steal that from you. Darkness came to steal that from you. Well, that's the way it works. That is the way it works. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. I know this is lengthy, but you know what? Yeshua is speaking here. And if Yeshua was speaking lengthy, then we can, we can listen, correct? Yes, we can. And he began again to teach by the seaside, Mark 4, 1. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude. He had a crowd. So that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. There were so many people that he, he, he couldn't even stand on the edge of the shore. He had to get into a boat and he entered in that ship and he, at the edge of the sea. Now, that ship wouldn't have been right on the shore. It would have been back away. Okay? <clears throat> and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his, in his doctrine, Hearken. Behold, there went a sower to sow. Hearken. Behold, there went a sower to sow. And it came to pass that as he sowed, some fell on the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on the stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, some 100. 
And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I'm a farm girl, okay? And I know about planting seeds. But these were, these were people, or agricultural people, and they understood planting seeds as well. God likes to use illustrations that are common to us that we can understand. And that's what Yeshua was doing here. He's like, look, you guys all understand about planting seeds. You understand that when you plant them, that sometimes, and, and he was talking about broadcasting seeds here. You know, when, when, when I was a young girl, I can remember my father, he, he, he had a, a pouch that was, it was it was big. It probably it probably held ten pound of 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 wheat in it, and and it had a crank on it, and it would it would it would fling out the seeds. Okay, and he would walk up and down the field with that pouch, and he would crank it, and it would just fling the seeds out as he walked, and then he would he would move over a, a, a certain amount of feet, and he would crank and come back. And I can remember seeing him doing that. And it was broadcasting the seeds. And some of the seeds fell on top of clumps of dirt, and some fell down in the crevices. And, and that's what Yeshua was talking about. He's like a sower sows the seed, Okay. And it, it just flings out there on everything. Some falls on rocks, some falls in the in in narrow crevices, and some falls just perfect where it'll grow and, and produce. And when he was alone, verse ten, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. He said to them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Ephraim, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. We had the mysteries, the keys were given to us by Prophet Deckard. And there's more. There's more. As I listen to, to his, his materials and, and pray and ask God what I should put on the table, there's more mysteries that he knew that he didn't have time to teach you. But he had taught them. And they're there. And as God is directing me, I'm putting that material on the table. The mysteries of the kingdom of God. How many of you love a good mystery? I personally don't enjoy mystery books, okay? But Yeshua said there's mysteries of the kingdom of God. And it's given to us 
to know the mysteries. But he says, to them that are without, that's those who aren't saved. That's those who are not applying their lives to know God. Those who are not taking time to communicate with God. Those who are not taking time to study, to show themselves approved. To those that are without, all these things are done in parables. They don't know. They don't understand. And he said to them, know you not this parable? He asked them a question. He said, don't you know this parable? Don't you guys understand this? Obviously, they didn't or they wouldn't have bothered asking him. But then he asks them a very important, or makes a very important statement. I want you to look at that next phrase. Maybe you should even underline it. How then will you know all the parables? He is saying to them, you look, you have to understand this parable to understand all the other parables that I've told and will tell. You have to understand this parable. This parable opens up the mystery of the kingdom of God to you. And it goes on, verse 14, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown into their heart. What does he do? He comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. He comes and tries to take that word away from you immediately. How many of you have been listening to a CD? And there's something in it that as you're listening, and I've had this happen to me so many times, there's something in it that's like it, it, it sparks an understanding in me. It clicks. And I'm like, I want to remember that. That's, that's, that's a nugget for me. And if I do not stop whatever it is I'm doing and make a note of that, I cannot tell you how many times the next time I'm sitting down with paper and pencil and I'm thinking, oh, I want to write that down, I can't remember it. I can't remember. There's been times I've went back and re-listened to the CD, and I'm like, I don't know where it was at. I don't know what it was. I've re-listened to it, and it's gone. It's gone. That little nugget, that little, that little golden nugget, that little bit of understanding is gone. And I'll be so upset with myself that why didn't I write it down? 
Satan came and immediately took it away. He immediately took it away. Why? Because he doesn't want us to get in deeper with God. That's why. This is a war. It's a spiritual battle. Spiritual battle. And he is fighting with everything he's got. And he will fight unfairly if given the opportunity. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which were sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness. Hallelujah. How many times have you been in service? Somebody's like, yay, they clap their hands. Hallelujah. Praise God. That is just awesome. Prophet right now on blog has been doing the, the, the quarterly about faith. We're mountain movers. And I remember that quarterly. I mean, everybody strutted out of there. I'm telling you, we were mountain movers. Woohoo! They received it with joy. But how many of you were bulldozed by the mountain? How many of you got mountains surrounding you right now that you feel like it's just coming in on you and you're like, help, help, help? You're a mountain mover. You received it with joy. And verse 17 explains why you're surrounded by mountains again. They have no root in themselves. So they endure for a time. But afterwards, they endure for a time. I'm a mountain mover. I'm going to move that mountain. They endure for a time. But afterwards, we're in affliction. How many of you have been afflicted? When persecution, how many of you had persecution arise in your lives? But then he tells us why. Not because Satan's a meanie. Not because your relatives are meanies. Not because the the job or, or the circumstance. No, it says the persecution, the affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake. What? Because of the word of God that was sown into your heart. Because you heard prophets say you're a mountain mover. Because you heard prophets explain about faith. But you had no root. And immediately persecution arose for the word's sake. And you got offended. That didn't work for me. 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 You got offended. The persecution, 
the trials, the temporal afflictions, the, the tribulations that have come into your life came because of the word that you were studying. I want you to begin to watch that in your life. Begin to watch what what CD are you studying? What what are you hearing, Prophet Mark minister? What do you hear me minister? What are you listening to? What what are you hearing at the quarterly? And then you watch. You watch as the persecution and the afflictions come because of that word. It's a principle. It's a law. It's just like gravity. If I drop something, if I let go of it, it's going to fall to the ground. It's not going to float like a helium balloon. This is a spiritual law just as gravity is a physical law. The persecution will arise because of the word, because if you have no root in it, you'll get offended. You will. How many of you have gotten offended? Well, God, that didn't work. No, the reason it didn't work is because you had no root in it. You have to grow root into God's word in that area. That affliction and persecution, when you get offended, you need to look at that and go, you know what? I need to study more about that in my life. I need to go deeper into God's word in that area. Whether it's faith, whether it's healing, whatever it is that is going on in your life that you are getting offended about, persecution comes because of the word, because you didn't have root in that word. Let's go on 18. And these are they that are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things enters in. And it chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. This time of year, it's so busy. There's so many things going on in our lives. There's so many activities, so much to be done, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. The lust for other things can enter in and choke God's word and it'll become unfruitful in your life. Well, Sister Donna, you don't understand. I just don't have time to to study and pray. Sister Donna, I'm busy. You see, I have this and and, and I got that and and the job's demanding this and I got this to do with the kids and, and Busy, 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 busy about nothing. I remember when I was younger, I had a five-year-old and a year-and-a-half-year-old. The five-year-old was, was in school, and, and I had been elected to be the president of the PTA. I was president of the 
of the, the minister's wives for the Southern Illinois Conference. I was, I was as a pastor's wife, I was, I was required to go to the quilting bee and the women's meeting. And, and this time of year we had, we had, you know, uh, uh, different activities like a bake sale and parties and, 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 and I was busy. And yet I had this, this year and a half, almost two year old. And you know how two year old can keep a mama busy. And, and I was constantly, every time somebody would talk to me about uh, uh, something, I would, the word busy was coming out of my mouth over and over and over again. Well, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I don't have enough time. And guess what? I got so busy about nothing that my prayer life began to wane. My study time began to fall short. One day God began to deal with me. And he said, you have, you have 24 hours a day. You have the same amount of time as everybody else in this world. And it's your choice of how you spend that time. And I'm like, but God, I've got to, I've got to do this for, for, the P, for the PTA, and I need to do this for the minister's wives, and I've got to go attend this at the church because I'm a pastor's wife. And, and God, I'm just... I, and, and I got to take care of my child, and 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 then there's there's a there's taking the child to, to school, and, and 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 he's like, you have as much time as everybody else. It is your choice how you spend that time. He's like, quit saying busy, and you don't have enough time. He said, it's your choice how you spend your time. I learned out of that. I learned that prophet used to say, you do what you want to do. You do what you want to do. When it came time the next year, I said, you tell the PTA you're no longer going to be the president. But God, he goes, you don't need to do that. When it comes time to tell the, 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 the minister's wives conference of, the, of, of Southern Illinois, you tell them you no longer are going to be the president. You're not going to serve on their board. You see, what was more important in my life? The most important thing was my time with the Father. As I learned to make time with God my priority, 
Did you hear what I said? I learned to make my time with the Father priority. And then the next thing was the responsibility of my family. So many times we are out here doing all these good causes. And it wasn't that the PTA wasn't a good cause. It affected my child's school. It wasn't that the, that the, the minister's wives' conference wasn't a good cause. It affected, it affected my life. But it wasn't priority. You see, I needed to get my priorities right. And as I learned to get my priorities right, then the word of God that was sown into my life wasn't choked out by the cares of the world. And I began to have in my life, verse 20, happen. And these are they that are sown on good ground. Why? Because I was spending time in God's word and I'm spending time communicating with God and I had my priorities right. These are they that are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Some 30-fold. Some 60, some 100. Now, I used to read that, and I'm like, God, I'd like to bring forth the 100 fruit. I don't, I don't you know, I can remember my, my father at the end of the year, he would, he would figure up, he would figure up, because he was a grain farmer, he would figure up on the fields how, how productive was that field? Did, did it produce 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold? And he was thrilled when it produced 100-fold. And I was like, God, I want to do 100-fold. But I didn't understand how am I going to do 100-fold. I thought maybe it was just, you know, hey, God, I want to do 100. But that's not how, that's not how that happens. You see, how much are you putting God in your priority list? Do you put him 30-fold or 60? Or is he 100% in your, on your priority list? Not that you don't take care of your family. Not that you don't take care of yourself. God God tells us, you don't work, you don't eat. God tells us it's our responsibility to take care of our families. It is our responsibility to take care of ourselves. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're the temple of God. We need to take care of it. But we need to put God on our priority list 100% of the time. Not just on Shabbat, but the rest of the week I'm too busy. Not just when we're being spoon-fed by the fellowship leader or the prophet or Miss Donna. 
See, that's what I'm doing right now. I am spoon-feeding you. I am spoon-feeding you right now. But you are the one that can make it 100% priority. Put God in your life first and foremost. So persecution arises, not because of circumstances, not because that person is mean, not because the, the job is mean. It arises because of the word that was sown into your heart. And Satan wants to steal it. He doesn't want it to be productive. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The battle isn't flesh and blood. That's not where the battle is. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. They're mighty through God. We have the most powerful weapons at our disposal. Weapons that will overcome the enemy. Weapons that will outsmart the enemy. Because they are weapons that are mighty through our God. And they will pull down those strongholds. Verse 5, cast down imaginations. I want you to think about whatever it is that that you're struggling with, whatever it is, that mountain that seems so big that, that, that's in your life. I want you to think about that right now. What is in your imagination of that? What do you imagine is going to be the outcome? Is that mountain going to overcome you and avalanche your life and and cause you distress? Is that what you see happening with that situation? Do you see the avalanche of problems showing up to destroy you, to cause you distress, anguish? Or do you visualize you standing up and speak into that problem and command in it in the mighty name of Yeshua. <coughs> Excuse me. To line up with his word. What do you see? <coughs> what do you see? <coughs> Pardon me. We got swallowed to the dust. <clears throat> you got to cast down those imaginations. Cast them down. 
and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You're going to have to have some knowledge of God to know what's exalted itself against it. And bringing into captivity, and we should underline this, bring into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. I remember when <clears throat> when I first learned the, the, the uh, importance of what we say, Prophet Deckard had and many of you have heard him say, get a notebook. One of those little bitty ones. When I was a little girl, they were like a dime. Now they're probably a dollar. But one of those little bitty spiral notebooks that fit in your purse or your pocket. And, and, and you draw a line down the middle, and one side will be for what you speak that's right, and the other side for what you speak that's wrong. And every time you speak something, you open that up, and you make a tally mark. And at the end of the day, you look at your tally marks and see how many times have you spoke correctly and how many times have you spoke wrongly. Most of us, until we learn how to speak properly, it lines up with God's word. We're going to have more tally marks on the side where we've spoke wrong. Oh, woe is me. Oh, this ain't going to work out. Oh, that's not going to work out. Fret and worry, fret and worry, worry and fret, fret and worry. Speaking the wrong things. You're supposed to speak what? Faith. Speaking faith. God, that mountain is going to go and move into the sea because I spoke to it. And your word says that if we will speak to the mountain and believe in our hearts, and Father, I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart, Father, that that mountain will go into the sea. That mountain will be no longer. And and I began to learn how to make sure that I washed what I spoke. But this is not talking about what you speak. This says bring into captivity every thought. Yeshua said that if a man thinks on a maid in his he he has committed adultery. Ouch. Bring into captivity every thought. God not only is worried about what you speak, but he's worried about, or not worried, but he is, he is watching what you think. You have stinking thinking. I've had stinking thinking in my life. I have had stinking thinking in my life. I have had thoughts that did not line up with God's word. 
that illustration where I was talking about being busy. You see, in my mind, PTA and and the women's meeting and 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 the and the ministers' wives, that was that was all important. And I was busy about nothing. Because I wasn't thinking correctly. I had my priorities messed up. You have to bring into captivity every thought. And I can remember as I went through that process, and it was a process that took several months, and I began to change the way I thought about time. I began to change the way I thought about that hour in the morning that I spend with the Father. That time in the morning was priority. And if I had some place to go at 7 a.m. and I needed 6 to 7 to get ready and get my children ready, Miss Donna had to get up at 5. So she had from 5 to 6 to spend with the Father because that was priority. Oh, but I need my sleep. Go to bed earlier. Go to bed earlier. You don't have to stay up till midnight. Who's, who said you had to stay up till midnight? Yeah, but. No, there's no but. You have to change the way you think. And when you get your thinking in line, bring it into the obedience of Christ. Bring it to the point where that problem isn't looming over you as a mountain. But look at it as an opportunity to see a miracle happen. Change your thought. Change the way you think. You need to start looking at how you think about things. Look at your thoughts and say, God, does this thought line up with what your word says? We don't walk after the flesh. And we don't, or we walk after the flesh, but we don't war after the flesh. Our warfare is not carnal, but it's, Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And one of those strongholds is your imagination. One of those strongholds is your thoughts. You've got to pull them down into the obedience of God. Persecution comes for the word's sake. Because Satan doesn't want you to understand. He doesn't want you to get a hold of God's word because then he is in trouble. It's a war. It's a war. He's like, I don't want you to get that piece of equipment because if you get that, if you get that piece of equipment, it's going to outdo my equipment. 
You understand what I'm saying? Let's go on to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54, verse 17. I love this scripture. I pray it every day. Prophet taught me to pray this scripture every day. No weapon that is formed against me, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue that shall rise up against me in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is my heritage as a servant of the Lord and my righteousness is of the Lord. So what is a heritage? It's your inheritance. It is your inheritance. It is my inheritance that there is no weapon, there's no mountain, there's no weapon formed against me that can prosper and there is no word spoken against me. And I can't condemn. Prophet taught me, and I think he's taught you, that every day you need to condemn the words spoken against you. Tear them down. Cast them to the north, the south, the east, and the west. When I first, when I first learned that principle from him, I would, I would physically get up during my prayer time and I would physically point to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. As I would condemn the words that had been spoken against me. And I did it every day. I still do it today. Now, I don't get up all the time and do that. Sometimes I do. Most of the times I don't. I just visualize myself doing it. My righteousness is of God. You see, the Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags. I am human. I can and will and do make mistakes. And so do you. The secret is what? In your time of prayer, when God says, hey, you did this wrong, you ask him to forgive you. And then you receive the forgiveness. And then you do your best not to do it again. My righteousness is in him. He is the one who said, I will wash you white as snow. When we judge and condemn one another, J. 
judging and condemning God because he made them righteous. God will deal with their sin. Maybe not as quickly as you and I think he should, but he is in charge. He knows what it's going to take. We get impatient with one another, you know. Well, you know, it's very clear to me. I understand this. And, 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 and so you begin to judge others who haven't learned that yet. But do you realize that what it was that you know so well now that a few years ago you didn't? But there was somebody out there that did. You see, we are all on our own timeline of walking in God's word. But yet what? Oh, we point our fingers. We rattle our tongues against one another. No weapon formed against you will prosper. But you are going to have to cast down imaginations. You are going to have to bring into captivity every thought. That is our job. It is our heritage. It is our heritage. Say hallelujah. Second Timothy, verse 1. Excuse me. Second Timothy, chapter 1. Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of hands. You know what he's talking about? The infilling with the Holy Ghost. The infilling of the Holy Ghost. You see, if you haven't received the infilling with the Holy Ghost, it's the evidence of speaking in tongues. You need to begin to study that and seek after that. But if you have... James here is saying, or Timothy, I mean, is saying, I want, I want to make you, I want you to remember. Remember when you first received that infilling of the Holy Ghost. And I want to put you to remembrance that you stir it up. How are you going to stir it up? By praying in tongues. By praying in tongues. When's the last time you prayed in tongues? How long do you pray in tongues a day? Stir it up. It's your spirit, man, praying spirit to spirit to God. Stir it up. Pray in tongues. And then verse 7. Now, verse 7 is attached to verse 6. Timothy didn't separate. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. You see, those mountains that you're looking at in your life, you can feel that spirit of fear rise up in you that there's an avalanche coming of problems because of those mountains. But God didn't give you that spirit of fear. And if you will stir up that gift of God within you, 
if you'll stir it up, you will feel what he did give us. He gave us power. Speak to the mountain, and it will be cast into the sea. He gave us love. Gave us a sound mind. Persecution comes because of the word. But if you will dig into that word and grow the roots about that, whatever that word was. (coughs) Excuse me. You can be an overcomer. You can produce a hundred percent. And you can have power over the situations in your life. You can have love for the unlovely. And you can have a sound mind. It's all there. God made it available to us. We just have to get what we are imagining and what we're thinking brought into obedience. Let's pray. Father, I come to you. I ask your forgiveness, Father. I ask your forgiveness for our imaginations that don't line up with your word. I ask your forgiveness, Father, for our stinking thinking, our thoughts that are wrong. Our thoughts of fear instead of power and love and a sound mind. I ask your forgiveness, Father. Father, I lift up all those who Need healing, Father. If you need healing today, you put <clears throat> you put your hand wherever that is. In the mighty name of Yeshua, I speak healing. Yeshua took it. They don't have to. Father, I send forth the angels to cause that healing to manifest. Satan, I bind you and I command you to take your lying symptoms and leave their bodies. Yeah, God, I'm a shake-o. Yeah, In the mighty name of Yeshua. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. And amen. I want to thank each of you for tuning in today. Excuse me for, it has, like I said, a small, some, some dust or something got tickle in my throat.
I want to thank you for tuning in. And I want to encourage you. Begin to look at what your imaginations are. Begin to look at what your thoughts are. Are they lining up with God's word? Or are you allowing darkness to come in and beat you down and cause you to fear? You are the one. It's your inheritance. No weapon formed against you. It is your inheritance. Shalom. Until next week, and remember, with God, all things are possible.